It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. After much discussion, the White House has announced the cancellation of up to $20,000 of federal student loans for eligible borrowers. What are the details? What are the next steps? And what should your approach to student loans be in the future? We're going to cover that and more on this episode. That's right. Timely, timely, timely discussion. This is the big news. Everyone's got an opinion. We're going to share the details and get into the financial planning implications right now. If you have a question for the show or need some help, we are happy to do so. You can reach out to us a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. Most engagement comes on the YouTube channel or wherever you're at in social media. We're there as well. Just search The Wise Money Show. Okay, like Josh said, after it, they've been talking about this for a long time. I mean, yeah. we've had a student loan problem for uh, two decades, a couple decades, right? So they've been talking about yep. how to solve it. I don't think this solve it. See, uh, we're already at opinion yeah, stage. that's right. No, this is <laughs> – listen, we're going to talk about the details of the program. It's in place. We're going to talk about the details of it, but then more importantly, what are the financial planning implications? Yeah, there are seven major changes typically that folks will go through in their financial life. Uh, this I would almost call this the eighth major change, potentially, depending on your situation. And you could be a student loan borrower. You could be a parent. You could. There's all kinds of different situations where this would affect you, and this could be a major change in your financial life. So that's what we're going to talk about. If you want an opinion on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, there are about 7 million other channels on YouTube <laughs> or uh, on, well, on, on, the, on the radio or on the TV that you can go and get an opinion. And we it's not that we are lacking uh, uh, opinions or, or thinking, uh, you know, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? What, what are the moral hazards with this, et cetera, et cetera. But it, th- it's not terribly constructive for us to spend an hour doing that. So mm-hmm. because th- this show is about financial planning, there are six areas of financial planning. If you don't work with a certified financial planner, um, you should consider it unless you've done it all yourself, which is some folks uh, give that a shot. So that's what we want to talk about today. And in the six areas, how would student loan repayment affect me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the financial planning implications and all of Kevin's opinions coming up on this hour. All right. So how does this thing how does this thing work? Uh, We're going to get into those nitty gritty details. So so you can understand this first and foremost, if it impacts you or your kids or grandkids or whatever. So what amount and what types of student loans are eligible here? Well, this is what's capturing all the headlines, right? I mean, we even introduced the show saying that it's up to twenty thousand dollars that could be. I keep saying forgiven, but that's not the word that's being used, know. right? Oh my goodness! They so so forgiveness. They've got different forgiveness programs. They introduced a new one, by the way, within this. Uh, they're calling this cancellation. cancellation. I don't know. I don't get into the semantics. That's right. Uh, there's actually a lot of people who are student loans. Now you have to have a federal student loan, not private. That's right. And uh, if you do, then you know you you have ten thousand dollars available to you, and it could be 
up to $20,000 if you were the recipient of a Pell Grant. Now, I, if you would have asked me, I would have said, well, that's maybe ha- less than half. Ah, okay, so so 60%. Yeah. They're saying 43 million people could uh, receive some sort of benefit from this. 27 million uh, had had Pell Grants. I, I think when we were going to school, Pell Grants were fairly rare. Yeah. You know, it, it was a, a small segment of people that would be eligible for these. And Pell Grants, it's a grant, so it's just money coming from the government. It's dollars that are just getting knocked right off your your school bills and everything. No, it's money. It's money in your pocket. Because mm. when I went to college, I got a Pell Grant. Because I'd been in the military, I was independent of my parents for FAFSA purposes. And so I got a Pell Grant in the, in the first year... I got some, and I the, the summer, my first summer between college, freshman and sophomore year, I worked and made a bunch of money, and I was super pumped. And then you didn't get it. And I got a, I, a, I got a partial. And the student aid folks said, "Hey, you you, just, you made too much money." Isn't that crazy? It wow. is. Okay, so here, I told you you're going to get all of Kevin's opinions. <laughs> uh, so, but it doesn't matter how much Pell Grant you received if you received a Pell Grant then you're eligible. Now, uh, what about Parent PLUS loans? Those qualify as well, Federal Parent PLUS loans. So right. if you if you or let's say your child received you know, a Pell Grant and they've got student loans and you also have Parent PLUS student loans, Federal, there's up to $30,000 that, uh, that you could have forgiven or canceled. But you've got to be eligible. Who's eligible? What, what are the criteria here? So it, it's an income-based criteria. If you are a single individual... And you earn more than one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Sorry, right? Two fifty mm-hmm. for a married couple. Here's the problem. You said that in present tense. If I'm, if my uh, grammar yeah. is correct, good that's point. not. It's not looking like, backwards. It's looking backwards, yep. and it's not looking backwards to a specific like year. It's two years, twenty twenty mm-hmm. or twenty twenty one. Was your income below these numbers? If it was, then. Voila, here here you go. Now, the other thing they haven't specified, and you can fact check me, and maybe you've seen it. I haven't seen it. What income are we talking about here? We are so geeky at the Wise Money Show. When we hear income, we know it could mean a bunch of different things, just like interest rates. It could mean a mortgage rate. You're talking Fed funds rate. So what income are we talking about? My guess is adjusted gross income, but I don't know. They, 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 I don't think they've specified that, but I'm certain it has to be adjusted gross income. Is it modified adjusted gross? We don't know. So the other thing they haven't specified with this, a lot of people have worked a strategy with this income-based repayment system where they're going to be married but file separately. And you give up some benefits there, but if someone has student loans and their income's a little bit lower, married filing separately will make their income look lower and their student loan payment be lower. So does this $125,000 for single, does that count for married filing separately? I'm assuming so, but a lot of these goodies, you guys know, tax goodies, if you marry, file separate, you just don't get them. See, those are the types of details that normally get worked out through a legislative uh, process. Uh, Now we're getting Josh's opinion. No, it's not not an opinion. (laughs) It's just a lot of people don't recognize or, or haven't realized that this is not some law that was passed through Congress. This was an action taken by the White House and... Um, because of that, it's just kind of coming to us through different channels right. and different process. And so if you're sitting here, you know, wondering, well, I don't understand all these details or I have questions and I can't find answers, they may not exist yet. 
Yeah, some well. of this is still, you know, going to be worked out, and uh, the the whole process, the system, you know, what website are you using, and how do you go ahead and apply, and and all of that. Uh, th- those are the details that I'm sure people are working around the clock to try to roll out. I hope that I hope so. We do. Uh, we know a few more details in this. We're getting into the minutia here, but we've we've got several more things to hit so that you know the details how this thing's going to work. Is it taxable now? Student loan debt forgiveness. These income based repayments in the past, it's going to be taxable. You got your debt forgiven, but you had a big tax bill. Yeah, that's that's kind of a principle to recognize. Whether we're talking student loans or if you had some credit card debt. Uh, it forgiven or wiped out, a lot of people get caught uh, kind of on the backside there, not realizing that, oh man, that that uh, forgiven loan, now it has tax ramifications in the year that you received the forgiveness. But not this one, right? Not this one. Yeah. This, is, this cancellation or forgiveness, this is not taxable. They actually paved the way through some prior legislation where they said student loan cancellation programs or forgiveness programs would no longer be taxable. So this one is not. Yeah. So... Okay, again, here's the path we're taking. This program, regardless of your opinions, has financial planning implications. And it's not so much this act, but it's really what you do after this, okay? And so we're sharing the details of the student loan cancellation program just to get to what do you do next. We've got that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Whether you like it or not, student loan cancellation or forgiveness, that plan has been rolled out. That, I mean, so how does it work? And then what are the financial planning implications to you? What should your next steps be? Regardless of how you feel about it, what should you do in your finances because of this? That's what we're helping you with right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, as well as a lot of other content on the YouTube channel, Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show. Make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications because, again, lots of other content. If you thought about it, if you've if you've encountered a financial situation in your life, most likely we've talked about it probably a few times. So lots of content there. Go to YouTube, search The Wise Money Show. All right, we're still in the midst of how does the student loan cancellation forgiveness program, whatever, how, how does that work? Uh, does it apply for graduate loans? As one of the first questions we got on the YouTube channel, did a kind of factoid uh, uh, YouTube video about the cancellation program. The very first question was, uh, I'm in grad school. Do my loans count? And mm-hmm. there were two other comments. By the time I saw it, there were two other comments. Both comments said, I don't think so and no. That's not the answer. Both were wrong. Huh? Both are wrong. Yeah. So assuming that it's, again, federal loans, that's the key here. This is the federal government trying to cancel a, a portion of federal loans, not private loans that you got through some lender or bank or, or whatever. And you didn't need to, you don't need to have a finished degree. You know, if you, yeah. if you went to college for a year, it wasn't for you. Or uh, a Swedish degree. Or, okay. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so then it doesn't matter. There's no, the, the eligibility is upon income and, and whether it's a federal loan, not on, well, what degree did you get? Did you even get it? Um, are you working? Are you in grad school? Whatever. I, I wish our listeners could have seen the, the pride on Kevin's face. Like, you, you were proud of that joke. Yeah, it's horrible. Sorry. <laughs> and Mike just kept motoring I, I on as if it didn't happen. Yep. Appreciate your self-control, Mike. You have <laughs> enough you. for both of us. Because <laughs> uh, I have none. All right. So so here's so a couple other details here. Um, 
is, okay, so my first question, when they were talking about this, when it was finally, I think it was announced on Wednesday. On Tuesday, they had you know, kind of tipped their hand. Uh, the White House is going to make an announcement about student loans. And so should you have just rushed out and yeah. got student loans? <laughs> That's right. I thought about it. Were you tempted yourself? Yes, I thought about <laughs> it. So which loans actually qualify? Could, like, could you, should you go get student loans right now? No. no. It, you, you had to already have these loans in place well before the announcement even happened. It was as of the midpoint of this, this calendar year. So June 30th, 2022. Yeah. Which is crazy because you think about this. In this announcement, they've extended the forbearance or moratorium or whatever you want to call it, but no interest is due, no payments, or no interest is accruing. All loans have been moved to 0% interest rate. They have since the... Okay, all right. So they shut the economy down for the coronavirus, and people couldn't you know, work, and lots of people right out of college, you're working in hospitality. I was a cook and all that sort of stuff and if you if those jobs don't exist that income doesn't exist and so i get that however for the past year and change we've had more job openings than we can fill and for some reason they've still said nope no interest on your student loans and no payments are due right they've extended that through the end of the year with this announcement they say that's the last one i don't know if i believe them Okay, but that, I, that's what they've said. The, yeah, it's, I think that's been said with a couple of these extensions. So, but, but what if? What if you've been making payments all along? Because seriously, you look and and okay, well, there's no interest on this, and I don't have to pay. Why would I pay? Well, at some point, interest will be turned back on. This is still your debt, right? And so, for some folks, it, w- it was this posture. Okay, if you're just trying to financially survive, take your next wise step. But if you've got resources to continue making payments, either build up the cash and then make a lump sum payment or continue paying it down. What if you continued paying it down and now you have below 10 grand? Apparently, they said they're going to reimburse you for that. I, I have no idea how they will know. Yeah, the, the accounting on that would be, I, I mean, supposedly they're, they're the government, right? Like they have the details, they have access to the, the information from your loan servicer and everything. But Th- those are the types of things like how long will it take them to get that all sorted out if if i had received a pell grant and i had twenty five thousand dollars a student loan i my guess is through this process i would have tried to get you know pay it down pay it down if you're sitting at eighteen thousand right now uh, yes you'd be grateful to have that eighteen thousand canceled but wouldn't you be a little just frustrated like wait a second am i am i i, I paid too much on my loans that so they say they're going to reimburse it. We'll see. What if you've been in default status? Are, does that make you not eligible for this program? No. But again, right. the eligibility is federal loans. And is your income below that level? Has your income been below that level, 2020 or 2021? And if so, uh, whether you're in default status or not, you get the cancellation. And the other unique thing, if you've been in default status, no longer. Yeah. You are... Wipe clean. I've wondered what that means for credit scores and things like that. Is there some sort of uh, almost uh, restoring of your your credit history because of this? Who who knows? Wow, I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, does do they go back and say, right? It hasn't been on default for the past couple of years. Even I wonder. Who knows? Wow. All right. So before we get into then long term implications, financial planning implications. If you're listening to this and those were helpful details and you're saying, okay, well, what do I do next? Because I've got student loans. So here's what we know so far. 
uh, you don't need to do anything. <laughs> they don't have the details yet. Like Josh said, it's it's still half-baked here. Um, the belief is that you will, if you're on some sort of income-based repayment plan, you're already submitting your tax return and income information to to the Department of Education. And so they already have it. And if that's the case, the hope is that it'll just be automatic. You won't need to do anything, okay? If you don't, if you haven't done that, you might need to fill out a form. They're hoping those forms will be available in a couple weeks by October, and they're hoping everyone will fill out the form by November. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. To me, the action you should take right now is, is, what does Kevin say? Run, don't walk to your certified financial planner and talk about the implications. We're going to get to that in just a second. This is a financial planning decision. How can you parlay this? How can you parlay this into your next, that upward spiral that Josh talks about? You're one financial decision away from an upward spiral in your financial situation. Um, So first, work with your CFP. Second, make sure you have your online access set up with your loan servicer. Mm -hmm. Because it's very possible these instructions are going to come through your loan servicer. Or at the very least, you're going to want to log in and see, well, did I get the right amount canceled? That's exactly right. I mean, this is a time for you to get dialed back into your full debt picture, and that includes your student loan. And a a lot of times, you know, you you borrow this money while you were a student. You may have not even realized how much debt was accumulating until you graduate, and then you're staring it in the eyes, and then maybe you don't want to look at it again. Well, now's the time to take inventory. Where do you stand? There may be some consolidation of debt that you'll want to do through this process to make some loans, um, you know, eligible and, and so on. But um, I, I think this is something that you you don't want to wonder. Yeah. You you want to have good records when you are applying for this cancellation and and so on. And that's one of the first things that your financial planner is going to be asking you as well. Show me the lay of the land, right? Yeah. And you need to have that clear as you're uh, you're sitting down with your advisor. Hopefully, these details have been helpful. However, you've heard a few of the uh, additional questions that I still have, and and I'll tell you the last one is okay. Well, what student loans get forgiven? I mean, imagine if you've borrowed five grand per semester. Well, that's going to come at different interest rates. So do you get do you get to choose? Hmm. Which ones get paid off? Is it the lowest interest? Is it the highest interest? There, I haven't. I've seen nothing on this. So yes, like Josh said, get engaged. Get 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 engaged with your structure with the structure of your student loans. Get reacquainted with how everything is laid out so that you can take your next wise step here. All right, what are your next steps with student loans? We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What should your approach be to, to, to planning for college for your kids or grandkids now that student loan cancellation is out there? If you have student loans and some have been forgiven, what's your approach now? What's your next step? We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online wisemoneyshow.com and then wherever you're at on social media you can find us there as well search the wise money show all right we've laid out all of our opinions and griefs on this pro- no i'm just kidding we're trying to keep our opinions to ourselves because listen whether you like it or not whether it's going to benefit you or not whether you've made decisions that uh would have somehow optimized this student loan cancellation or made decisions where it's not going to impact you at all right um 
it doesn't doesn't really doesn't really matter. There's financial planning implications to this student loan cancellation, and let's let's get into that. Let let's 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 get into to that right now. So I would suggest let's talk through different scenarios. First scenario is you've got enough student loans eligible that even after the cancellation, you still have a sizable amount of student loans. What should your approach be? Yeah, and by the way, I mean that's probably the average borrower. The, right? at, the what, average is what thirty nine thousand dollars per per borrower for student loans. Yeah, I've got that. And right. And that here. may be private and and uh, uh, federal loans. But the the point is, most students uh, who have graduated and they've they've got their student loan package all in place. It it's enough to you know use up all of this cancellation and still have debt remaining. Right? Uh, twenty nine thousand is the average. 29,000 is the average. So, yeah, I've I've seen numbers all over the place and it I think it depends on whether you're looking at all the debt or federal only or, right. or whatever. Right, so, right. yeah. Um, but the the point here is this may not just completely eliminate your debt. It could just accelerate your repayment for you know for you. This could be almost like taking a, a chunk of money and throwing it down and we we've talked a lot on this show about um, the, the debt snowball approach and how it if you can just get a little bit of momentum going you can very quickly accelerate your debt repayment some people though uh, they, they won't accelerate uh, they will just hope that maybe their payment drops maybe they eliminated some of the loans but they're gonna just keep on paying normal payments on on the others but um, the, the point is I, I encourage people treat this as an acceleration of your debt not as a cash flow um, relief. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you have ex- outstanding debt that's eligible for repayment, you well, and if you have any outstanding debt, period, you should have a debt snowball. And you should, you should be able to look and say, this is the date that I will be out of debt. Because like any kind of goal achievement, those things that you measure actually get done. So if you're measuring that and you're paying close attention to that, the likelihood that you'll get it paid off sooner is much greater. And that because because then you say, hey, well, should I go buy a sweater or should I pay off my student loans? And you say, well, do you know, even if you have the cash to buy that sweater, it's the, the equivalent of borrowing money to buy it when you owe money on your loans. We, we you know, so college football. Like, we, I can't believe we talk, we've gotten this far in the show. We haven't even talked about college football starting. <laughs> and uh, the kids wanted new Notre Dame sweatshirts. So we went to the new sports store in town by Target. And over $100 later... <laughs> We have two Notre Dame sweatshirts. This is a big decision. <laughs> am I going to pay? Am I going to continue to uh, do debt snowball, or will I buy a sweater? Like stuff is getting expensive, guys. It's it, <laughs> like it's it's outrageous. So, it, it, every it is outrageous. Everything is outrageous. And and we got an argument on the way home because I'm just going to tell you we had gone out to breakfast, which is not cheap. Uh, rarely do that. And went and bought this <laughs> this uh, these kids these sweatshirts. We're driving home. I'd look at Cindy. I'm like. 
it's 10.30 in the morning, and we've spent X amount. And she, was, she just gave me the look. You frugal financial advisor, <laughs> stop talking. Can't believe yeah. I married you. If, if, which two of the three kids got new sweatshirts? Uh, my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you have so, it. So the ones that complain the loudest. Yeah. For those of you who are listening, uh, in case you can't tell, Mike is so tight, his toes curl when he blinks. That's Yes. I still have my lunch money from second grade. Yeah. And so that's that's good. So things, but I I just have to, um, at the risk of sounding obtuse, things aren't more expensive. They're just not. There's just more dollars out there. The the dollars in your wallet are worth less. Mm -hmm. So it takes more of them to accomplish what they used to accomplish. So here, so here's the thing, uh, debt snowball. What's the principle there? Well, if you've got a certain amount of debt. And the only, and you look at your budget, and the only amount that you can pay is your minimum payment. There's not much to snowball there. But if you've got a little distance, if you've got m extra money that you can put and should put on debt above and beyond your minimum payment, then the debt snowball is going to help you categorize and structure, optimize really, where should that extra payment go? Here's the thing. If you have student loans, the scenario we're talking about is you have student loans canceled, but you still have a, a balance remaining after that. Your payment's automatically going to be adjusted down. Mm -hmm. It will. So, so by this very fact alone, you've done nothing and you now have debt snowball dollars that need to be optimized towards going towards the right Debt. But think about this. If the average, Josh and I can arm wrestle on this later, whether it's thirty nine thousand or twenty nine thousand. Pretend it's pretend we're both half right, and it's it's thirty five thousand. Okay, twenty thousand gets forgiven. You've now got fifteen thousand left. Got you're you're fifteen months away, fifteen months away from being debt free. This is this is what shook me when I was looking at this student loan cancellation program, and I looked at the current makeup of the student loan crisis. If this is right. The bulk of the student loans are held by people age 35 to 49. And while really intelligent people could uh, discern, <laughs> could take away different uh, things out of that, to me, when it says when people get their student loans, they tend to stick with them. Either because the balance is so high, I can't pay them off quickly, or they're just making their minimum payment. Josh, what was your approach that, with your student loans? That's the key right there. That I think a lot of people, they just get locked into whatever payment is stated for them or set for them, which is a minimum payment. There is nothing saying you can't pay more, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if your minimum payment is now going to drop, there's nothing saying you can't keep making the payments that you've been affording all this time. You can keep paying the same amount. You're just going to accelerate how quickly that debt is is wiped out. And, you know, I I, I took an approach that was aggressive. This was encouraged by uh, my good friend Kevin Corhorn here to, to get our debt wiped out quickly. And I was actually just talking to uh, one of our other advisors in the office, a younger professional who's getting established. He's been married a short amount of time, and he said, you know, bummer. Uh, we, just, we just paid off all our student loans in the first year of marriage both his and his, his spouses, because they were just aggressive. And so he's not going to get any cancellation. And I said, good for maybe, you. Maybe. Well, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. And I think it was further back than what uh, this period okay. would, would allow. But, but anyway, so it, this wasn't like immediately, just recently here. Yeah. But, but the point was, um, you know, I, he should be encouraged. I told him, hey, no one can ever take that away from you. Yeah. That, that you did that. You did that hard thing in your financial life. You paid off the debt that you borrowed just like you had committed yourself to. And, Don't feel bad about that. And the habit, 
right, of, of the discipline of taking a certain amount of money, applying it towards their, that now that freed up money, it can be directed somewhere else to help them accelerate that person accelerate their right. their financial progress towards their financial goals. So hey, you have to be careful with that too though. If if your minimum payment drops but you choose to keep on making the larger payment, you need to just check and make sure that that is all going to the principal each month. Yep. It's supposed to, but sometimes these servicers don't catch that quite right and they just essentially apply it as if you're paying early on next month's payment. Yeah. And you get just ahead of schedule is all, and you're not actually knocking years off the back of the loan. All right. We've got more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. If you've missed anything, hey, good news for you. Every episode of the Wise Money Show, this one, last one, I hope not our first one. It was terrible, by yeah, the way. Was. But uh, they're all on uh, on podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go check it out. Search the Wise Money Show and then follow us or subscribe there. But but either way, whatever they call it on that platform, do us a favor and rate the program. That's helpful feedback for us. And plus, other folks looking for content on wise financial principles, how to take their next wise step in their financial life, it helps them find us. So. We appreciate that. All right. We've been kind of slogging through all the student loan payment or, or cancellation details. Okay. We've shared the the what of the program. We've tried to withhold our opinions as much as possible because it doesn't, doesn't really help. The program is out there. Uh, so how are you going to, how is this program going to influence your financial decisions and help you make your next wise step in your financial life? So just went through the scenario. If if you've got enough student loan debt where this takes care of a chunk, but you still have some uh, remaining, be aggressive, be aggressive, do that debt snowball and hustle and get this student loan paid off. Uh, take, take this as wind in your sails, as, as someone giving you, like pushing that snowball down that hill and, and just ride that thing, okay? So, so that's, that's scenario number one. Scenario number two is similar. And that is you had $8,000 of student loans remaining, and this is going to help pay them off. Okay. Now what should you do? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've seen this scenario play out over the years, but it wasn't the government canceling debt. It was, you got a windfall of some sort. Maybe you got a larger than expected tax refund, or you received an inheritance or a family gift of some kind, maybe a huge bonus that you weren't expecting in, in your work or whatever. But when you receive these types of chunks of money and it allows you to just instantly reach a goal that you were chipping away at over time, sometimes people receive that surprise money and all of a sudden they get very creative in all the things they could hmm. be doing in their financial life. You know, there are new goals that are suddenly dreamed up or new possibilities that weren't there before instead of taking this as an opportunity to now quickly move on to the next goal. So I have a little principle. If you if you give me $10,000, I will come up with at least 10,000 things to do with it. Uh, That's just, why I've never given you $10,000, <laughs> Mike, right there. But it just your mind wanders. I was the type of kid in school, though, if the teacher was talking about something I didn't really think of, I would think about what would I do if I won lottery, which I've never played lottery ever, ever. So, But it, it, I'm assuming most people are like that. If you, if you receive a windfall, 
you're gonna get you're gonna think of a lot of different ways yeah. that you could use it. Right. So I mean, if you, as long as we're talking about action steps, so for sure, as you said, Mike, make sure you have a debt snowball and I, and make sure you have a budget. So right now, even though we're in, uh, what are we in September? In September, make your 2023 budget get started. Yeah. Cause if you haven't been paying on your student loans and you'll have some student loans left after the, your current ones are canceled, know what your payment's going to be and have a, 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 a debt snowball that works in your budget. If you have been taking this moratorium, this two years off and you, and you're feeling, Oh, I should have been maybe doing something with that money, but it just kind of worked its way into lifestyle or whatever. Well, it's time. It, it's time for a reset, and and um, and set a goal, and maybe mm-hmm. tell you know who whomever it is in your life that believes in you is is a cheerleader for you, an encouragement to you. Tell them, hey, listen, one of my goals is to get my debt snowball built, get my budget built, make sure that they work together, and to know uh, the day that this stuff's going to get paid off. Yep. And I would maybe go even one step further and say, yes, absolutely have a budget or a game plan for your cash flow so that you do know how quickly can I get the debt wiped out. But it's important to know what the next goal is. What's what's up next after this student loan is gone? Because I'm assuming that you're you're counting the days until the debt is gone because it's going to do something for you. Yeah. And it's either going to improve your lifestyle and, you know, things will suddenly loosen up a little bit and you can start saying yes to the things you've had to say no to all this time or you know what the next goal is. Maybe you're going to now start saving more aggressively for your retirement goal or you've got kids that you want to educate and you, you want to get started on that. Maybe there's other debt beyond yeah. just the student loans, right? Whatever it is, the point is you you want to have a very clear picture of what you're trying to achieve in your financial life before surprise money shows up. You know, it's, yes, it's maybe sure. too late on this announcement, but what's the next windfall? What's the next cool thing that's going to happen for you in your financial life? And how do you leverage it? You've got to know what your game plan is. What are What's the order of, of events that you're trying to uh, achieve or, or accomplish here? And I would just say it's not too late. It's not too late before this event because there's a couple there's a couple of possibilities. One possibility is that it act, this actually doesn't happen, and Good we point. don't know we don't know, but it's that's possible. The other possibility, and I was talking with someone who said, "Hey, I want to. I'm I'm hoping that they'll they'll take this even further. That the ten thousand yeah. they'll they'll extend it. So I'm going to." take a minimalist approach to my debt mm-hmm. and wait for that that help to come. And I personally, um, and again, no one really wants our opinions, but I'm just not a fan of that approach. I am a fan of uh, get her done. Yeah. And if there's a job to do, you know, how many times did we say this with the kids growing up around the farm? What do you do with a job you don't like? Get it done. Get it done. Finish it. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So I would encourage you, if you have student loans and you're like, well, wait a minute, uh, c- could I get penalized for paying off my debt early and, and they come up with another one of these programs? They, it's likely they won't come up with another one of these programs. These are famous last words and I always end up eating them. But it, because of the way that this one came through uh, on the HEROES Act, and so 
anyways, that's a technicality, but I, I doubt they'll come up with another program. Like okay, this. so that's a scenario. Now, I, let's, it's, you're, Kevin, you're going out of order here, but well, I'll follow <laughs> you. Okay, so that's a scenario. Mm-hmm. What's your approach if you're planning for if you're if, if you're listening to this and saying, OK, this is interesting and I have my opinions, but doesn't impact me. My kids are young enough where they don't have they're not in college yet and I'm beyond it. And I maybe I, I was ROTC or I worked my way through college or whatever. I don't have student loans not affected. Should this program. How does it influence how you're going to approach planning for college in the future for your kids or grandkids? Let's talk about that scenario. It's a good question. I, you know, there's um, there's different types of Stafford loans in the past. You know, I I remember there always being the principle that if you could get a subsidized loan from the government versus an unsubsidized, where the government's paying the interest for you, Mm -hmm. uh, then borrow as much of that as you can, even if you're not 100% sure if you're going to need it. And that was really just to build some flexibility and to take advantage of basically interest-free loans. And um, I don't know, I, I, I think there's something, I, the, the reality is most people are going to need student loans, right? Um, most people do not save up enough ahead of time for, for college. They're working their way through college. They're hoping to get scholarships. And many people are having to borrow something. So this is kind of a moot point. But I think you're kind of referring to the people that maybe could get through without it. Well, I'm thinking of the the younger professionals that are working with their certified financial planner, and they're going to go see their financial planner this fall for tax planning and and update on long-term goals. And when they sit down and talk about college planning, should they say, well, we're going to plan on taking $10,000 of student loans out for each of the kids. That will be part of our college funding strategy just in case the government does this again. And by the way, if the government doesn't do this again, the kids will have these student loans. That will give them some responsibility. They'll be able to pay it off. See, I think that should drive the decision, not the hope that the government might forgive the, the loans. It's more of we believe, we've decided as a family that we want the kids to have some skin in the game right? And yeah. loans might be the way they do it. It could be that they're working harder to try to apply for all these scholarships that go unclaimed and unused every single year because mm-hmm. no one took the time to write that essay or to apply or, or to whatever. Um, or it could be the, the kids are on the hook to just work either through school or during the summers to save up or, or whatever. I, I personally, this is just my own values on display. I like that. Yeah. I, I like the idea of kids playing a role in their own education. It doesn't have to be loans, though. And to, to take the loans just for the hope that maybe they could be forgiven, I don't know. I, I would say yeah. no, personally. You're, you're, you're too nice. I strongly disagree. It, th- this should not set some sort of precedence in your financial plan. I, I strongly I wouldn't do I wouldn't take certain actions in hope of some some sort of bailout. I just I, I just wouldn't. And so. Yeah, Josh, if if funding college is going to involve student loans anyway, okay, right? Um, and find a way to have as few student loans as possible and whatever loans you have, get them paid off as quickly as possible. But if you don't need student loans, if you can make other decisions, ROTC, going to community college, working through college, something like that, then do that. Yeah, Do that. I, I think this is important. We've talked about this on other shows when we've discussed the possibility of student loan forgiveness that – 
you know, recognize that you as a parent, you're helping your kids with their very first loan decision in their life. And to frame it as, hey, we're going to borrow this money in hopes that you don't have to pay it back. What message does that send? What other debt in their life is that going to is that going to play out in that way? No way. I, I want my kids to think very long and hard if they're going to sign on the dotted line, if they're going to borrow money and obligate themselves in the future. I, I want them to recognize, hey, you are on the hook. You are going to pay this back. And every other loan that you take in life is going to be the same exact way. So so weigh it heavily, right? Yeah. Have as, borrow as little as possible. There's an individual in my life uh, growing up, I'll keep it confidential, but we uh, lived in the same house. And <laughs> I remember being so confused when he took out a student loan that he didn't need, but it was offered. So I was like, I'm going to take it. I was so confused by that. Uh, and I didn't have the conviction that I had right now. I mean, it, right, I was 20 years old in very little life experience and very little financial experience, but that was so confusing. And I can't imagine how confusing all of this must be for these young kids. So mm -hmm. the big idea, work with your certified financial planner. This event, if, if you're the recipient of it, fantastic, fantastic. Have this, parlay this into your very next wise financial decision. Have this be an upward spiral in your financial life, giving you momentum. I would not have this cloud any moral uh, principles that you have on funding and planning for college in the future, though, as well. So hopefully that helps. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. And he's like, yeah, you're probably not going to beat LeBron James one-on-one. -on -one. Hmm. Um, Although MJ would. MJ, oh, dude. Totally. But M MJ. <laughs> That's the debate of the century, isn't no, it? No, it is not. It's MJ not. would Very give close. LeBron a, t a wedgie and then <laughs> slam dunk <laughs> all over him. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.